So I'm, I'm hoping that when this podcast comes out, we don't have like, you know, the rest of December is, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, may, hellfire maybe and brimstone. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 59 of the Humanist Agenda podcast. My name is Kenny. I'm Sherry. And I'm Rory. And welcome to our 2021 year-end review. Can't believe a year has finally gone by. (laughs) What a year. Uh, It was a crap year. I mean, 2020 was pretty bad. And I feel like if this year were a standalone year any other time, we would have been like, oh, this was a bad year. But because it's after 2020, I feel like (laughs) everyone's pretty relieved that it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Yeah, but Sherry, the UN the UN has declared twenty twenty one as the International Year of Peace and Trust. No, do you feel peaceful? <laughs> do you feel trustful? No, I don't. <laughs> the UN called upon the international community to continue to promote peace and trust. Do you feel it? Uh, <laughs> this is the same year where the Taliban retook Afghanistan. Is it not? <laughs> this is a strange. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, sorry. I, uh, maybe to clarify, they um, announced this uh, 2021 as the year of uh, peace and trust back in 2019 uh, before uh, everything I fell see. apart. They didn't know what was going to unfold in 2021 when they made this declaration. Exactly. They were trying to be aspirational, give people hope, but I don't know. Do you feel hopeful? <laughs> I feel like they had no idea what was in store for us. Exactly. You know, when we started recording way back in 2019 in our year-end review, we were pretty hopeful that in 2020 there were fires in Australia (laughs) and COVID was exploding. And then we decided, well, you know, 2021 is going to be better, but let's have a look what's It was better, though. So I think that our prediction came true. It was better. It was not the best year. Relative to 2020. Yeah, relative to 2020, I think we were correct in our prediction. (laughs) Setting that bar low. (laughs) You have to. It's the only way way for us to cope. Yeah, no other way. (laughs) So, the beginning of 2021, what happened, Rory? Well. Can you even remember back that far? I can, thanks to my visual aids that I have brought with me. (laughs) They, uh, they're going to get me through this. We all know that 2021 started out with a bang, though, when uh, U.S. President Donald Trump, or former President Trump, incited a... Twice uh, impeached. Twice impeached. Former disgraced President Trump. Thank you. Thank you, Kenny. <laughs> Make those clarifications. Twice impeached for a good reason following the events of January 6th, where he incited Capitol Hill rioters to storm Congress and the electoral, where the Electoral College was attempting to announce that Biden would be the next president-elect of the United States. I think we were all, you know, I, I know I was glued to my TV at this. Like, I was shocked watching a lot of this footage. And I think there were people who died and then people who died later from you know, suicide and because they were trying to protect the Capitol. And it was just so sad, truly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was also quite shocked. I was working and then suddenly I'm getting notifications um, 
up on uh, my news app saying, hey, something's going on. <laughs> and basically just quickly looked on uh, the news coverage and there's a mob <laughs> invading the Capitol. And I'm like, what is going on? How did this even happen? I can remember just being shocked and thinking to myself, he's actually going through with it. He's actually trying to turn the United States into a totalitarian government under him and completely throwing out the democratic process because he lost. It just feels like an episode of The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, very dystopian and very worrying, but nothing really came of it, thankfully. But, you know, the good thing is, as of, I think, um, late November, 702 people have been charged so far for the insurrection. And uh, the FBI actually has a dedicated page for the Capitol riot uh, or the insurrectionists. Uh, basically, they post lots of photos of people that they need the public to help identify. Ah. So I will post the link in our description, in our <laughs> podcast description. So if you're listening in the U.S., you may want to peruse this database of photos to see if you recognize any of the faces. And then they also have a, a scrolling list of um, arrests. So if you actually go on it every day, there's actually like a new arrest. So the FBI isn't stopping. <laughs> they're still finding people and... I think they're just going to never stop until they arrest every single person in their photo database. Good. I admire that. That's the kind of commitment I want to see. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of resources, but I think it's, yeah. it's worth it to send the right message. Yeah, well, that's a big deal. That's somebody attempting to start an insurrection. And I think every last person who was involved should face a penalty for it. It's been fun watching some of these people go to jail, though. <laughs> <laughs> Like the guy who had uh, the Viking guy. Yes. Um, it was really satisfying hearing he was sent yes. to jail time. <laughs> yes. And he was complaining about the conditions in jail because they didn't have vegan food, right? Mm -hmm. so. mm -hmm. It kind of surprised me that he was a vegan. He just didn't strike me as the kind of person <laughs> who would have that sort of requirement once he landed in jail. Yeah, especially so, like he, wasn't he wearing furs and things? Like uh, maybe yes. he was just vegan fur? I don't know. I would hope so. I don't know. He doesn't seem like a man who follows logic. So yeah, just, my favorite is the woman who uh, wrote on Twitter that she's a white woman, so she's not going to be sent to jail. Yep, and of course <laughs> she was sent to jail. <laughs> that one was my favorite too. <laughs> that was very very satisfying. <laughs> To actually yeah. so, say that. I encourage goodness. everyone to peruse the database <laughs> and see if you recognize <laughs> yeah. any faces. Absolutely. And for anyone who's still hanging on to that idea that the election was stolen from Trump, just let it go. It's over now. We've all moved on. And it was BS to begin with. None of those people yeah, but can Trump, hear you, Rory. <laughs> yeah. But Trump isn't letting it go. I mean, he still blogs. <laughs> Trump has a blog. Yeah, of course. he has a of blog. Course he has a blog. When he got but but banned. there is a reason why exactly. <laughs> yeah. There is a reason why he's blogging now. So yeah, because he got banned from Facebook, Instagram, and later Twitter. Um, originally, it was like this temporary ban, this sort of 
temporary leave of absence for him. Uh, but they made it permanent and I was so happy about that. Never been more happy about something. He's so, he's been so abusive on those platforms for years mm-hmm. and he got away with it. It's just in my, it's mind boggling how these people in power get away with, you know, being abusive on social media platforms. And then you try and post a picture of like, I don't know, breastfeeding a baby. And you're like, nope, you can't post for an entire week. <laughs> That was just like a random, that was a random, uh, uh, example, but like it's people who, uh, you know, are trying to post things that are innocent Mm -hmm. and then, yeah. And then get hit with the terms of service. Mm -hmm. Well, are we ready to move on from the Capitol Hill riots that got this wonderful year started? Sure. All right. How do you move on from that? (laughs) That was quite, quite the memorable thing to happen this year. You redirect your attention over to the royal family because in March, if everybody remembers, that's when Meghan, Duchess of Sussex, and Prince Harry did that interview with Oprah Winfrey where they talked about how the British royal family was not very accepting of them and more or less forced them out of royal life. Mm. There were subtle Why is there so much hate? <laughs> Why is there so much hate uh, for Meghan? I, I honestly don't understand what mm. is what the big deal is. The I... British media and press um, were pretty racist in their approach towards Megan. And I think that was the issue. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I felt really bad for her. Cause I know that she, she did get just like vilified in the press. Um, and, but she's being vilified for like the dumbest thing. Like, I, I don't even understand like why it's a big deal. Like mm-hmm. I, I just don't get it. Yeah. I mean, I guess the the British royal family is scrutinized heavily and they just decided to pick on really tiny details for Megan, potentially mm-hmm. because she's black. So mm-hmm. super sad. Yeah. But I was really, I watched that interview. I don't know if either of you did. Uh, if either of you even follow no. the royal family. <laughs> no. no I, I, doubted it. I doubted it. It was a really well done interview and I felt like she was, you know, she really got her point across and um, she talked about some really heavy issues like thoughts of suicide. And um, yeah, yeah. For a brief. I, period- I just remember the uh, the outcome of that interview. Just I guess uh, some people in the British press uh, were still angry at her for some reason for even doing the interview. I'm just like, mm. what? What the, in the grand scheme of things? Why does this even matter? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it doesn't matter at all right she sort of made some insinuations about the family that there were certain people she didn't name any names but everyone could guess uh there were certain people who had some racist um ideologies and made some questions or asked some questions of her about her her baby's race or racial identity what sherry the monarchy being racist how is that possible (laughs) yeah (laughs) come on (laughs) yeah so that yeah it was a good interview um and i remember the fallout as well but because um megan and harry then came to came to canada before they went to the (laughs) states and we were we ended up paying uh for their uh, security detail because right, I we do are remember part of that. Commonwealth, so we have to pay for security detail of the royal family. And at that time, they were still the royal family, so they hadn't officially gotten 
gotten out yet, but they were in the process. But I'm glad they're out. It sounds like they're <laughs> yeah. they're better off being away from mm. that part of the family. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. And I'm going to use that as a positive note because I'm about to bring us back down with the events of March 25th, because that's when the Republicans in Georgia first started passing their election bills to impose new voting restrictions after Biden's victory, because they never want to see that happen again. Just a little reminder, new voter identification, uh, new restrictions on mail-in ballots, and no, no one is allowed to give food or water to people waiting in line to vote. That's probably the most cruel yeah. and arbitrary one that I can remember coming out of that. And I, I recall watching Republicans try to justify that, and it just seems... Asinine. It's just yeah. like they're just trying to talk their way out of the interview well, gotta, by that point. They got to talk around what they're actually intending, which is just to prevent future Democratic election or electees from winning. The issue in the United States is that they closed a lot of polling stations as well, and that was part of their campaign to. Uh, target specific populations. Mm-hmm. So you have these huge lineups. Like I remember every election I've seen in the last couple of years, you see these huge lineups of people waiting hours to vote. And yeah. so if I had to wait hours to vote and I didn't have any water and I was outside in the sweltering sun, like that would be really tough. So that's, I think when they started doing this of, you know, people standing in line for hours, you have to, you know, help them in some way. And the context they're doing this into being, you know, still a COVID-19 outbreak context where you want to encourage people to not have to be congregating mm-hmm. as much mm-hmm. as possible and to throw up roadblocks and force people to do that is just... Yes. Let, let's do this for COVID, but let's re- make sure we also remove mass mandates and mm-hmm. also <laughs> make sure people don't get the vaccines. Yes, yeah. that makes total sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love the logic. Complete lunacy. So that that brings me down. It still brings me down because I don't think they stopped pushing through legislation to restrict voting. In fact, other states joined them, if I recall. Oh, they've been doing it for years. And just flagrant gerrymandering as well. So let's move on to a, a more positive event into April when a jury found former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin guilty of all three charges in the killing of George Floyd. So that, mm-hmm. that was, it brought me up a little bit to, to know that that racist police officer would actually get due process, what his due is. Not, surpri- not surprising. I mean, just given the fact that there was a lot of evidence and video evidence to kind of show that. Yeah, and an enormous amount of public pressure, too. You know, mm-hmm. Enough that they, they couldn't just sweep it under the rug and, and give him some slap-on-the-wrist sentence. I think it was I, the public pressure that made the biggest difference. Because I know, like, you know, I think in the beginning they weren't even going to be uh, tried at all. And, you know, like, yeah, they were trying to protect the police officers in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I think public pressure and public outcry really pushed for some sort of accountability. Yeah, a recognition that, you know... If you do acquit this person, there will be riots. And so, yeah, just to finish off that story before moving on, his sentencing did happen in June. I think he got 22 and a half years in prison. So happy ending for for those of us who believe in racial justice. Moving on, It to, won't be very pleasant for him in jail, I don't think. It 
that's what they say is for police officers, the last place you want to land is in jail. Mm-hmm. But especially like a police officer who killed a black man uh, because of racial bias. <laughs> yeah. 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 He he better hope that... When the uh, bulk of the population in jail <laughs> exactly. is also black. <laughs> yeah, that was my thought. <laughs> That's my thinking, too, is he better hope he lands in Whitey White Prison or this is not <laughs> going to be a pleasant stay for him. <laughs> what does Whitey White Prison look like? <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know if it's a thing. If it is, I'm sure he hopes he lands there, though. Did you just make up that word? <laughs> what, Whitey White? I don't think no. Yeah. What is it? <laughs> No, 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 I didn't make anything up. But I can't explain it any further than just whitey white is whitey white. I think the wasp, okay. <laughs> waspiest of the whitey whites. I think there are prisons in the US because it's a private industry that you you might be able to pay to go to that are a little bit nicer where the people who are, you know, famous or rich yeah. can go. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there is such a thing as No, you're as, you're making a, fa- a face there. I thought I had heard that there like, nice one. No, it just sounds so odd like <laughs> prison spa. <laughs> like, I'm just going to pay to I want a five-star prison, please. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous, but I don't doubt that there are, you know, prisons for rich people. Places I think that... there's one in the Catskills or something and I don't know. I can't I can't confirm that, but hmm. that'll be something we'll have is... to look up in the future. Is is five star prisons? And yeah. <laughs> I could just say, "What's the Yelp review of this prison? <laughs> Will I be shanked? What's the probability of that?" <laughs> oh goodness! Um, so yeah, uh, moving on from that, we've got these Canadian census happened in May of this year. It was a full census, if I remember correctly. I didn't get the full census. I got the the brief form. Did either of you get the the full census? How do I know? Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know. I don't think so. You would remember it if if you got it, because I think the the short one is like a page or two, and the long one's like detailed 20-odd page type of thing. Mm. I only answered a few questions. I remember filling it out. Yeah, if you just answered a few you know, demographic type of questions, then I think you just got the short one. But I, I thought they did send out some long form censuses this year. To a- it took me a few minutes, so maybe I got the long one. Like it, I, it wasn't quick for me. It wasn't I had to quick? like go through. No, maybe you did get the long one then, or you got a medium one. <laughs> I don't know. Is there a medium, a medium one? one? I- <laughs> so, so it, it, when I was filling it out, I didn't feel like it was like long, as in like. This is taking forever long. Yeah. But it was more than just a few questions on one page. I think it was more than that. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it went through a little bit more detail about who I am. Yeah. <laughs> well, good then. I mean, the census is really important for statisticians and social research. So it was refreshing to see another full long form census go out this year. Since I believe Harper really put a a damper on census forms. Uh, moving on, here's something that you two are definitely going to care the utmost bit about. Uh, at the end of May, in the National Hockey League, the Montreal Canadiens defeated the Toronto Maple Leafs after being down 3-1 in the series. I do remember that. Yay, sports fuck. <laughs> Yay, sports. <laughs> I remember that because I, um, I have a lot of sports fans, a lot of Leaf fans in my life, so they tell me these things. I'm one of them. 
and I I saw so that. So is, is this the one where is this the one where you dribble the ball into the <laughs> stop, net? Stop, stop, Kenny! <laughs> <laughs> I will hear no more of this. <laughs> no, I, it, I think it's a good thing that that sports are returning, and I don't know. What do you guys think about fans returning to to sports stadiums now? To me, as long as they're vaccinated. <laughs> It's probably okay. Uh, to me, I just want to see an environment where we are incentivizing people to get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is the most important. Meaning, unvaccinated people should have, you know, be unable to do anything <laughs> in this world <laughs> other than just use the bare essentials. My parents went to a London Knights game last night because uh, it was their annual teddy bear toss. So they always, you know, buy a great big teddy bear and they go and throw it onto the ice and it gets given to some sort of children's charity of some kind. Um, and they said it was great. Like they said, there were a lot of empty seats, so there weren't really people around them. Um, so they felt safe and yeah. So I, I think that's fine if we do it slowly and all of that, but we do have new variants that are coming through that might be more contagious. So we have to keep an eye out for those sorts of things. Yeah, and I I have noted when the when the camera zooms in on the audience, you know, mask restrictions are definitely being floated left and right. Nobody's really respecting mask restrictions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and back in May, we didn't have like that easy to scan code to tell if you were vaccinated either. So I'm not sure how they verified whether people had both their vaccinations back in May. I don't know. I guess you get receipts from it still though. Yeah, yeah. No, they, actually, back back in May, they didn't even open up all the doses yet. Like I remember, my first dose was in May. So, actually, you know what? I think I'm getting my dates confused because back in May, I think they did still have empty stadiums for I think the. They uh, did too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. think I'm okay. I'm confusing what hockey looks like now, which is with the fans, okay. with what it looked like in May. So, okay, it that probably did sense. follow in a logical order. I've noticed a lot of things, though, that are opening back up, like, fully, like, movie theaters. Yeah. I tried to go and see a movie, and there was, it was pretty full, and there was really no option to put space between people, and I was like, I'm not going to go see that movie, because I don't want to sit directly beside yeah. someone. Yeah. I mean... It's going to be that I, way for a while for me, I think. I just went to the movies this week, though. Now, granted, the movie I went to see had been in theaters for several weeks, and so... I think everybody who was in a rush to see it had already seen it, but I was one of two people in the movie theater. So, oh, nice! I, so I you had the whole place to yourself. <laughs> I was actually a little disappointed because the movie was like a minute away from starting, and then one other person came in. It's like, oh, I was so close <laughs> <Damn> to being <laughs> the lone person watching the movie. But that's okay. He he was good, even though we actually did coincidentally buy tickets in the same row. He's like, nobody's going to care if I move to this other row, and I'm like. Good on you, buddy. Good on you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just can't see myself going back to, like, you know, sitting in a full stadium of people or sitting in a full theater of people. It just would make me uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'd be tough for me, too, yeah. to get back. I just it. like having my own personal space. I just don't want to <laughs> touch or be near people. 
I know it was really nice when we had like seats in between us to go to the movie theaters. I went to the movie so often during COVID, <laughs> like more often yeah. than I normally do. And they had they had these awesome movies. Like um, I went to see Jurassic Park and The Empire Strikes Back, and like oh, it was so great. And nobody was sitting beside me. Oh, yeah. I loved it. Truly. Now, all so of this you're said, a fan of uh, bringing back the variants. <laughs> Bring back Come on. Stop. Stop. <laughs> I was about to say that in terms of sports, again, not so much movie theaters, but in sports, I do think it adds to the atmosphere, even as a viewer watcher watching at home. When I see a sports game with, you know, the fans cheering and going crazy and making all that noise, it adds something to to the product that I'm watching. Like, it feels more exciting. It's contagious in a way. Yeah. As a you know, some sports league actually piped in, like, cheering. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, it, like the fake applause in uh, in certain TV fake. shows? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so uh, I so I, I follow a little bit of, like, Australian football and things like that. And those, I mean, the stadiums are empty, but they pipe in no. fake <laughs> cheering. Oh, that <laughs> hurts like... me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I think there were some stadiums that were putting like cardboard cutouts of people or yes. like videos really? of people. Like you could you could actually get tickets, but like through Zoom, you so they would have screens up for like just random people in the crowd. <laughs> there were soccer games where they put cardboard people. Yeah, <laughs> I to create the no illusion. <laughs> I had no idea yeah. they were they were putting on this show to make it look. You know, more normal and full impact. Yeah. Now I'm going to be watching yeah. really closely the next uh, hockey game that I watch. I'm going to be looking for the cardboard people. Well, they watch don't do it anymore. Everyone, they're just a, everyone in the audience is just a CG character. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're doing the exact same movements. <laughs> if they did, then that's some good CG because I am fooled. I had I suspected nothing. As someone who doesn't watch sports regularly, but I did watch the Olympics, and I do appreciate when there is noise because as a non-avid sports watcher, it's nice to know when something good happens mm-hmm. because I don't really know the rules. <laughs> Gives you that cue, eh? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, well, I actually do have a couple of notes on the Olympics, too. And as you said, Sherry, it's... Uh, it was a quiet Olympics this time because Tokyo banned all the uh, all audience members from attending. Mm-hmm. I made some notes on my favorite parts of the Olympics as well, so we'll have to see if our yeah. notes coordinate. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. We're still not quite done with okay. uh, with okay. the other summer months yet. Oh, the other sport things that we were talking about. I, I don't have any more <laughs> sport things okay. besides the Olympics. Oh, good. <laughs> Actually, it's just putting that in there partially to antagonize you two and see what kind of response I can get. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, moving on from that uh, downer, we now have some pretty downer news because in June, that was when uh, a man rammed his vehicle intentionally into a Muslim family right in London, Ontario. Right near my house. It was so sad. Wow. That close, eh? Well, like, not near my house necessarily, but, you know, over on... In the same neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, same neighborhood area. Just a little bit, you know, further out to Hyde Park Road. But, yeah, it was was pretty close. I I drove past that memorial a few times just going to the the grocery store. Just a really deadly reminder that Islamophobia can't be tolerated. Not productive for anyone and produces all kinds of innocent victims. Mm-hmm. The court date hasn't been 
or hasn't arrived yet? I haven't followed up on uh, on the guilty party and what happens to him. I, as long as he gets like really really stiff sentences, I don't care what happens to the guilty party. Although an act like that, you almost think that he probably will claim some kind of insanity defense or something along mental illness lines. You'd have to wait and see. Yeah, I think you're right, Kenny, that the court date hasn't arrived yet. Okay. I haven't heard anything in terms of char- uh, like sentencing and things like that, so I'm assuming it'll be a while before we hear about him again. If you were a defense lawyer, though, like what else could you really go for aside from some kind of insanity or mental illness defense? Because other than that, it's pretty indefensible. There's no real way to to plead out. Probably you would you probably go try either get a plea deal done or just say uh, uh, mentally unwell. Mm-hmm. These are all the life factors that led up to the situation, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And yeah, June really sucked. I have all negative news for June because also in June on the 24th, that's when the Canadian Indian Residential School grave sites were discovered with the 751 unmarked bodies of Indigenous people. And, that's a tough one. I think yeah. a lot of, like, if you, um, you know, had a lot of knowledge of the First Nations community before this, like, a lot of us knew that there were all of these, you know, unmarked graves and things at these residential schools. Mm-hmm. I never questioned, yeah, I knew this, but I never questioned, like, why aren't we digging them up? I assumed, I always just assumed that First Nations people didn't want those bodies dug up and... Um, but then when it came out and when, you know, we saw the First Nations communities, you know, grieving and wanting more of these sites dug up, I was like, oh, why didn't I question this before? And Mm -hmm. yeah. I'll be honest. I didn't anticipate the scale of the number of bodies they were going to find. It's really shocking to me. So just in case you thought that, uh, that we're going to cap June off with any kind of uh, positive story. Nope. That's when the wildfire swept through light in British Columbia and destroyed approximately 90% of the village and left at least two people dead. So in terms of Canadian 2021, June is just a, a month to forget. But moving out of Canada and into the month of July, that's when Sir Richard Branson became the first person to ride into space aboard a rocket that he helped fund. And thus began the trend of billionaires riding into space. But did he really get into space? <laughs> I watched the video. It, it was a live stream, I think. No, no. It was so three I, I, minutes, I, say, I think, oh, of weightlessness. Yeah. Yeah, I, I see the, what you're the, saying. The thing, the thing is, um, the altitude that he reached in the U.S. standard, it's considered space. In international standards, it is not considered space. <laughs> So, did he really go into space? <laughs> I don't know. According to the U.S., yes. <laughs> According to the rest of the world, not really. <laughs> he didn't quite make it. <laughs> I think the only positive thing that we can take out of this is that for just a brief moment, we lost some awful millionaires like uh, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> for a brief moment. We for a moment, have, they weren't part of the planet we didn't Earth. We them on our planet of Earth. <laughs> I I would love to to see it that way. I see it as a really troubling trend where 
private mm-hmm. institutions are are taking the lead in space travel as opposed to the publicly funded NASA programs. If you make, I don't really think it's a bad thing. Uh, no. You either make that happen, let that happen, or you let China take over. Yeah, I guess. I mean, maybe this is just the way the industry is turning in terms of space travel, and you just have China to- has launched more rockets than any other sovereign country. Not just like satellites this and year. stuff, but actual like rockets with people. people. With people, they have people. They have their own space station now, and Separate. they are planning on. They're planning on collaborating with the Russians. So, oh, how interesting! Who, who <laughs> do I don't know? Do you really? I mean, I think we can criticize uh, corporations or mil- billionaires command, commanding space, but I'm also a little bit afraid about China and Russia getting together. Yeah. Mm. Now this this is something I don't know an awful lot about, but I think I remember reading something about Russia with. Because they were a part of the the International Space Station, and then they mm-hmm. they started they withdrawing, didn't they, or or something along those lines? Yeah, they're. I mean, they're still part of it, but um, there's no future plans. Like after the space station, there's really no further collaboration between U.S. and Russia. But that's why Russia has announced that they plan on collaborating with China. So, okay. yikes! Yeah. <laughs> Definitely a yikes face. But, yeah. But anyways, definitely, yeah. I, I, we can do without Bezos. <laughs> Send him away. <laughs> was, it, was it Bezos who rode into space on the, the ship that just looked like a giant penis rocket? Was he the one yes. who did that? Yeah. I think that was Correct. Shatner, was it not? Was Shatner aboard? It, well, the uh, Bezos rocket? Shatner was on board. Yeah. The Bezos rocket oh. is the penis-shaped rocket. I thought Bezos went to space earlier than Shatner, and then Shatner no, went, okay. No. It was the same one. Okay. I it was very phallic, yes. Branson was first. I don't remember if Bezos or uh, or Elon Bezos Musk. Bezos was second. And then Elon Musk after that? No, Elon Musk has never been to space. He never went to space? Elon Musk. No. Elon Musk only build, designs and builds rockets. He yeah, doesn't they fly have, on uh, them. Tesla does SpaceX, don't they? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh. I would have thought that uh, Musk would find his way up there, too. But I, I guess not. Musk has no interest in flying into space. <laughs> he does that himself <laughs> with other means. <laughs> exactly. He just, uh, you know, partakes in certain substances to take him to space. Gotcha. Gotcha. He's, he's flying high. He doesn't need a rocket ship. Flying high. <laughs> exactly. All right. Um well, now it's time. Let's let's jump into the the Summer Olympics and and the things that came out of that. And I want to start off positive with uh, the outstanding performance of our Canadian women's Olympic team, in particular uh, Penny Alexiak, who became the most decorated Canadian Olympian of all time after she won her seventh overall Olympic medal, a bronze in the women's four by one hundred meter medley relay. So, yay! Yay, Canadians! <laughs> London had a great showing as well. We had uh, quite a few meddling athletes. I remember awesome. you went to the, uh, mm-hmm. the the cheer for our Olympians ceremony in mm-hmm. London. Where we got to celebrate them coming home. It was like their, their welcome home thing. It was really great. There must be something in our water. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Clearly. I, I mean, I can feel it too. I'm, I'm just bordering on Olympic caliber of athleticism <laughs> at any given time. What, what would be your sport? I don't know, but uh, when I try one, look out. <laughs> I drink too much bottled Wait, are, or filtered they water. Planning on, weren't they planning on having like video games in the Olympics? Was that, or am I making this up? I can't remember. You know, it, it could find its way there. I, I wouldn't be opposed to it either. I mean, why does Olympics have to be all about physicality and kinetics as opposed to mental sport proficiency like a video game? I wouldn't even come close to qualifying on something like that. People who are you know, top of the line pro video gamers can do some crazy things. Yeah, I feel like I need to do more research because the first link that pops up is from Fox Business <laughs> News, which don't I wanna, can't really trust. Yeah, I don't want to base all <laughs> um, our opinions on that. <laughs> yeah, the title says 2024 Summer Olympics will include video games. Maybe it will. But I can't I can't trust that because <laughs> I can't trust the it, uh, source. It brings a host of questions such as, you know, which video games, what kind of video games are they going to do first person shooters? Are they going to do team strategy games? You know, there's there's very popular games in both of those genres that are played competitively for money in major tournaments already. I vote for Pac-Man. <laughs> Pac-Man tournament. <laughs> Pac-Man and Donkey Kong. Let's start it simple. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was going to say, knowing how like not in touch the Olympic uh, committee is, it's probably going to be like chess on a computer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and chess isn't an Olympic sport, is it? No. It'll be a Windows 95 computer. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing that I could see, like if we want to open the doors to more mentally and strategy intensive type of activities being Olympic sports is why isn't chess there? Chess has an incredible history of, you know, grandmaster players and chess strategy. You need to tell you because it'll to, take too long. You need to sell tickets as well. Remember, that's why some of these like walking sports got kicked out of the Olympics. Mm, yeah, I, I suppose you've got to have people. I guess yeah. as long as just you, having a camera pointed at two people for yeah, hours yeah. <laughs> as they move pieces around. I mean, if if you're in the know and you understand what they're trying to accomplish, I, and I'm not counting myself as one of those people who's enough into chess that I would understand. And that's why then you then you pipe in pipe in audio when they make a move. There's a gasp. <gasps> <laughs> See, Kenny, you know how to make it exciting. We just need you in charge of this. <laughs> can't believe you moved pawn to e3 my goodness i think you should also have a light display so like you have some like fire shootout or... <laughs> <laughs> <Da -da -da>. <laughs> <laughs> and all the lights <laughs> <Yeah>. the lasers <laughs> yeah like, make uh, it dramatic oh what's that show that regis philbin hosted where yeah, yeah uh, who wants to be a millionaire who wants to be a millionaire yeah, yeah. with the <laughs> and the lights fl float around yeah <laughs> we got it Take Which all of move our will he make? <laughs> this is how you make chess in Olympic sport. I want royalties. <laughs> uh, uh, another big, uh, big news story to come out of this Summer Olympics that I wanted to touch on too was when Simone Biles withdrew from individual all-around competition for mental health reasons, which was a big moment for, you know, mental health as a a serious debilitating issue, issue getting that much focus from a high-profile athlete. 
Yeah, and she was one of the, I think she was one of the ones who experienced, uh, what was his name, Larry Nasser. I can't remember if she did or she, I think she did, but I don't know if it was her or people she knew, but definitely there was an experience there with Larry Nasser. And I mean, I can't imagine that would have taken such a toll on your mental health. And I really don't blame Simone Biles for for deciding even when you get there, like there's always time to turn back. There's never anything in your life that is so important that you mm-hmm. can't pull out if you need to get exactly. out there. Yeah. And you need to be at the top of your game to mm. really compete. I mean, her sport can be dangerous, right? If she lands incorrectly, mm-hmm. she can seriously injure herself. So, mm-hmm. you know, all the athletes need to be in very good mental a very good mental state yeah. to do any yeah. of their sports. I think that they said that she got a case of the twisties where you twist uh, wrong. Like it just, you get in your head and you just, uh, I don't know, somehow twist wrong of some kind and, and don't land properly. And, and it is really dangerous when that happens. So I just remember lots of uh, um, conservative media was still freaking mm-hmm. out about that, which is still one of those like, why does it matter? <laughs> it's so insignificant. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it, it matters more to her than it will ever matter to them. I mean, they're just looking exactly. for a couple seconds of rah rah American pride when she wins another her medal. Whereas for her, you know, she trains for this as her life. That's what she does. So, I I just can't fathom the lack of empathy that it takes to criticize someone for for deciding they don't want to compete at the biggest showing for their sport that they train for their whole life. Yeah. And if you recall, I mean, everyone, obviously the, the U S wants medals and mm-hmm. wants to be number one, but you, what we talked about in our uh, Olympics episode, it didn't matter because China already declared that they had more medals <laughs> uh, by yes. adding up <laughs> I remember all the, their territories. The interesting mathematics that came into play when, when each country declared themselves the best. <laughs> oh, gosh. So what were some of your other highlights of the Olympics? For me? Well, I don't know. What do you, what have you got? Oh, I those were the uh, the big things that I wanted to, to touch on and focus on. I, I know that you had some more uh, some more details that you wanted to bring up, Sherry. Cardboard beds, beds was something that we talked exactly. about extensively. Right. <laughs> the beds are the most important part of the Olympics. It was I do extensive remember now. conversation Actually, that we had about this. this it, it's all coming back to me. This is significant because it, whatever platform the Olympians testing out their cardboard beds was hosted on, you guys actually got me to go and, and investigate that. Was it? TikTok. Was it a? It was a TikTok. Yes. It was my first time ever visiting TikTok, and I did it to watch the Olympians <laughs> jumping on their on their cardboard beds. So, That's wonderful. Yeah, no, nothing else in the Olympics mattered except for the beds. <laughs> well, there is there was a couple other things that mattered. Um, they had some self driving buses, which were pretty cool. Although I think one of them got in an accident. There was some controversy over that, but don't quote me oh, on no. that. Yeah, don't bring that up if it happened. But it was really cool that they had self-driving buses to get people, or like that shuttles cool. to get people to their events, which is really neat. I want um, self-driving vehicles to take over, so I don't want, I want to hush on all negative press for self-driving <laughs> vehicles. Okay, I'll say no more about that. But I, yeah, I thought that was really cool. Um, and also, 
the other thing that happened, so uh, because there were, were no spectators, and I think even when there are spectators, a lot of the other Olympians go to see different people's sports and things like mm. that. Um, but the Olympic diver, Tom Daly, who is uh, Team Great Britain, he sat in on a whole bunch of these Olympic events. And so you could see him, like the camera only had a few people in the stands to go to. And he was always knitting and so he knitted himself a jumper or a sweater. Aww. <laughs> and it is an amazing sweater, by the way. <laughs> You've got seen talent. It. <laughs> it does have talent. Here, I don't know if you can see. Oh, wow. Yeah. He did that right? while he was spectating? Yeah, he did. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So we're not sponsored by him, but he actually now has a store, an online store, where he's selling knitting gear. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, it's a good way to monetize, you know, after the Olympics. You know, you're not making any money. You might as well capitalize on this fame. I love that it's for that and not for, you know, his athletics or, or some kind of sporting gear. Or something like that. It, it's exactly great. you would imagine. Usually, usually, athletes they might get a sponsorship from Nike and you know Adidas, but not Tom Daly. <laughs> We're going to knitting. Britain's, Britain's knitting needles is who's sponsoring him. Yeah, he talked about how it calmed him down. It calmed his nerves and like really helped his mental health. And uh, so there was a lot of talk about mental health this time around, mm-hmm. and it was really cool to watch his progress. Of his sweater. <laughs> I definitely followed along. Tuning in just for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a new Olympic sport. <laughs> <laughs> what knitting. is he knitting now? <laughs> I just love the images of him in the stands and he's just sitting there knitting and like it was just it's beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. Oh goodness. Uh, you're bringing it all back for me, Sherry. I <laughs> As I, I mentioned to you guys, I, I was very brief with my touching on all these different items that happened in, during the year, but the Olympics had some fun stuff in it. It did, it did, yeah. That was our highlight of the year was the Olympics. Talking about the cardboard beds and, well, for me, the sweater and, yeah. So what's next after the Olympics? Well, back down to, to downer news. I don't think it is going to get any any higher than the Olympics, to be totally honest, because... In August, that's when the U.S. decided to withdraw from Afghanistan. And immediately following that, the Taliban started bombing and uh, retaking the country. And the speed that they, they, they retook the country was something that was very shocking and led to a real problem with evacuation of citizens from Afghanistan. So my, my best friend is actually in, um, in the military. He used to be Navy, and I think he's now like cross of something because he got high enough or something anyway. Um, but he was in Kuwait, or he still is. I guess he's still in Kuwait. Uh, and so he was dealing with a lot of the evacuation because they would go through Kuwait. Uh, and so I asked him about this, and, and he was talking to me about, well, when he could talk about it, uh, he was talking to me about like plane loads of people, like people just like shoulder to shoulder in these planes. I remember reading articles about how um, the planes would arrive and uh, the people sort of greeting the planes were shocked at how many people were in these planes and how these planes even got off the ground because there were so many people in them. Um, And he talked about just seeing, really seeing um, the uh, consequences of, of war 
Um, he didn't explain that, but I think he was pretty, he seemed pretty traumatized by the whole thing. Um, yeah, I remember the stories to sort through it. Yeah. of, weren't there stories of people clinging to the, to the airplane wings, trying mm-hmm. to get out mm-hmm. in a desperate bid? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's some desperation that I wouldn't wish on anyone. Yeah. So, so the interesting um, thing about at least the Biden administration now, um, they actually have been quietly winding down all their drone activities. So they're, they've actually effectively pretty much ended any drone, uh, drone-based wars around the world. Oh. Um, it's been kept pretty down on the low key. But um, not anymore. This is all... You're spreading the news, Kenny. <laughs> wow. Well, this was on Pod Save America, so um, which is uh, famous for tracking some of these. And um, so, yeah, the, the the endless kind of drone strikes have been quietly simmering down. Which, you know, I think that's a probably a good thing. Yeah, that the U.S. stops meddling <laughs> in other countries. This is the thing too. Like I. I find it hard to to sort out how I feel about incidences like this because I am very anti-war and the U.S. doing a withdrawal seems like a good thing on the face of it, but maybe it was just poorly executed and that's where the problem lies. Yeah, it definitely lied on um, sort of the the way it was set up. So Afghanistan was so dependent on the U.S., Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and they just were not prepared to, to have them leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Complicated issue. Mm-hmm. It's still a complicated issue. I still hear stories about, you know, girls no longer being allowed to go to school and yeah. 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 Families selling their daughters because they don't have enough money for food and yeah, it's, it's just like, it's just so sad. Yeah, so I, I understand where where you're coming from, Rory, because I feel kind of the same way of, you know, I, I would rather there wasn't an Afghanistan war. But since we started it, we kind of have to, not we, but like the Western nation yeah. of the world uh, started it. We have to make sure that it's seen through properly. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we were doing that. We were just sort of, yeah. I don't know. Just another mission accomplished on the aircraft carrier. We're mm-hmm. done now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how do we move on to that? Well, we move on by criticizing legislators again because in September, that's when we started seeing the new abortion bans coming out, such as in Texas, where they banned abortions at six weeks. and They made it through the Supreme Court and Federal Appeals Court. And yeah, a real turn against against abortions. And I, I think that's partially due to the occupants who are on the Supreme Court now, most notably the Trump appointees who are, of course, anti-abortion. And so their politics are going to inform those laws and decisions going forward, unfortunately. Yeah, I think they made it so that if you transported a woman to an abortion, like Uber drivers or whatever, you could get penalized. I remember that. Yeah, there was... You, you could be uh, You could be sued by... Anyone, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you, anyone, anyone who know has knowledge of you transporting someone, yeah. they can mm-hmm. sue you, which is the most weirdest way of a lot. Like it just sounds so odd. It's like 
it, it just gives people the ability to sue anyone they want. Yeah. I feel like we talked about this in a podcast too. Wasn't there a, a rat line where you can call and rat out people who are, who are helping women get abortions? Yes. Yeah. You, there's a rat line. So people have been using it. <laughs> Of course, but uh, not to report, really, but just to clog up the system. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that's probably the most notable thing in September. But also in September was that uh, whole lot of nothing Canadian federal election that happened mm-hmm. where the Liberals went from being a minority government to being a minority government in one of the most meaningful <laughs> elections in recent memory. <laughs> The Congratulations, most... <laughs> nothing has changed. <laughs> the most important election of our lifetime. Yes. <laughs> but I, I remember, though, that the PPC got a whole bunch of votes. That, and was, that was scary. Helpful. <laughs> <laughs> it was it helpful, was though. <laughs> helpful, but scary to realize that there was that much support for them and their mm. their line of thinking. Yeah. I'm, I'm more definitely... A, more worried about the future in terms of I really hope our politics don't doesn't turn into like the U.S. Mm-hmm. So. I'm always hoping for that, which is why instead of parties merging, I'm always hoping that parties split up and give more options so that you know the, the outlier crazies like the PPC get the very small portion of the population that they should get because there are several other more progressive or centrist options that people are willing to go for. Yeah. But first-past-the-post systems always first trend the towards the wrong direction. We'll always push towards a two-party system. Yeah. I've, I've read that yeah. before. So, uh, one more bit of news for September. That was when the uh, the case against uh, Meng Wangzhou, I, I'm sure I butchered her name, but was finally dropped. And so the two Michaels were able to come home to Canada after being detained for three years in China on Suspicion of being spies, which never really <laughs> flew with anybody, I don't think. Yeah. What a strange coincidence yeah. that that all happened exactly at the same time. Yeah, that it one followed the other, <laughs> just not even hiding it. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, yeah, I should. <laughs> I won't. I, I had another hockey note here, but I'm not going to bother with it. <laughs> no, say it. Say it. <laughs> Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs played the Montreal Canadiens at home with fans for the first time in over a year on September 20th. Yes, because everyone's vaccinated. <laughs> so there you go. There it is. Uh, proper sequencing of, of when the fans arrived back in the stadiums. It was in the fall, not back when I first mentioned it. I no. have Did the Leafs lose? <laughs> You have something, Sherry? Well, no, I was going to say, I have another sports news, but it's not until later in your timeline. So. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. It Is happened it... yesterday, and I'm sure you heard about it. Oh, perhaps. I, I'm struggling to recall, but uh, but we'll get there. We'll get to December. We're not that far okay. Right now. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because first we have to deal with uh, the events of November. I actually didn't see anything for October that really jumped out at me, but I probably just missed it. There... Well, I, I, I have one item in October that I can bring up. Shoot, Kenny. So um, while we have Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson trying to leave Earth, <laughs> uh, you know, try to escape the planet, uh, we have another billionaire who doesn't have built rockets, but has decided, well, if I can't leave Earth, I'm just going to create another dimension. <laughs> so... Oh, I haven't heard this, but I can't wait. Oh, I have. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, 
Um, dude, have you heard about the metaverse? I know, not yet. <laughs> oh well, um, Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO of Facebook, has renamed his company to Meta. I do remember seeing that the renaming. Yes, nothing about the metaverse uh, because. So. Yeah, because I will quote him. Uh, his mission is to still be about bringing people together. Mm. That that's what he wants to do. Bring people together. Of course. <laughs> so um, he has decided that. Well, you know, Facebook is not just about Facebook. As uh, Facebook has all these other companies like Instagram, WhatsApp, and what. Uh, that's why he has renamed his company to Meta, and they want to essentially uh, create a new environment, a environment that's uh, based. Uh, on augmented and virtual reality uh, so that people can come together (laughs) into this virtual world and connect with each other. Um, All I can think about is I feel like people just could come together and continue to spew, uh, uh, you know, conspiracy theories in this virtual world and... (laughs) You're just going to be bombarded by ads everywhere <laughs> in this virtual world. Um, he, you know, he's working essentially on developing a platform and technology uh, that would be essentially just new version of the internet, which uh, I already mentioned kind of uh, combines uh, virtual and augmented reality. Uh, so think think of like headsets. Think of you know. Um, uh, smart glasses, things like that, that uh, allow you to layer on a virtual world in your environment. Mm. Uh, but also the other way around, he's viewing as taking real world and uh, real world um, things, components, and bringing it into the virtual world. Where this virtual world, uh, you would be able to um, uh, do transactions with like cryptocurrency and. Uh, there's even now virtual worlds where you can actually buy virtual real estate. So mm-hmm. I don't know why this is happening, but literally people are there. Uh, for example, a company that is actually now buying and also selling digital real estate. So real estate that doesn't exist. It's just ones and zeros. Huh. Um, and, uh, Recently, a a company bought up a piece of digital real estate in a virtual metaverse space called Decentraland uh, for an equivalent of about $2.5 million. Hmm. So I feel like like an old person because (laughs) it's one of those like, I don't understand this, but I also fear that if this becomes a thing, I'm going to be that old person that, yeah. you know, claims, you know, you Facebook and texting, you kids. <laughs> don't Sitting understand. on your porch, you just don't understand exactly. the world anymore. <laughs> exactly. Do you remember? It's one of those like, oh, God. Do you remember Second Life, the game? Mm. Yes. This feels like that. And I feel like this this whole meta thing is not going to last because Second Life was... A blip on on the radar. Yeah, to me, all I think about is it, this is like Black Mirror. Mm. <laughs> this is just uh, an episode of Black Mirror where where 
uh, going to be living in a digital world, and I don't really know what. It, it just feels so strange that yeah. um, there there are definitely people that want to create this digital world um, when we have a real world <laughs> that exists right now. <laughs> I don't think but, the kids are going to buy into this one. I think they're on TikTok. They want things that are snappy, quick. Whatever, they're not going to go into a virtual universe. That'll be their parents' generation. They'll be like, oh, okay, mom, I'll meet you in the virtual universe. <laughs> I feel like the Matrix type of thing will make more sense when we're all just a bunch of brains and a vat of liquid in a jar, and then our virtual world is all we've got. But until then, I don't think I'm going to be buying up much virtual real estate. Yeah, but the, the, his argument is, you know, if we're starting to work remotely, wouldn't it make sense for us to just work in the metas in the metaverse? So instead of me going into an office, sharing, instead of you going into a classroom, you know, you will you'll be going into the metaverse, still have the same interactions with people, but in a virtual space. It won't Does be, that convince you? <laughs> it won't be the same interactions. I teach online classes right now. My kids just go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> they don't. They don't participate in class. They put on like, the, call their the names still image of them gone. looking and paying attention, and then just like <laughs> <laughs> they don't have to be on camera, yeah. so they're just out. So like you're just gonna find a whole bunch of people that are just like not active. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I totally agree. Yeah, so who knows? Maybe this metaverse thing will take off. Mark Zuckerberg seems to be very uh, enthusiastic about it, <laughs> pumping billions and billions of dollars into it. But Jesus. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not really excited about this metaverse thing. The one I... thing that ex- oh, sorry, the one thing that excited me about this uh, metaverse thing um, was so when the announcement happened and Mark Zuckerberg said they're changing their name to Meta. Um, all of this stuff, everyone was like, yeah, let's buy some stock on Facebook because it's going to go up. And so everyone <laughs> bought a whole bunch of Meta stock. But what they didn't realize was there was already another company that's called Meta that's in the stock market. And they so this other, co- <laughs> 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 this other company had their stocks go way up. <laughs> Just randomly. It. And they were shocked. <laughs> what did we do? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh gosh! Yeah, I don't know. I I I am not excited about Facebook doing this because it's one of those like Facebook is the company that's not known for protecting privacy, mm-hmm. creating an environment that's uh, productive and healthy for the commu- community. It just feels like now we're just going to create another dimension where it's going to be a major shit show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Anyways, I'm hoping a company like maybe Apple will do something that, not like create a metaverse, but like do something that will force uh, Facebook to displace itself. Because right now, you know, all the privacy settings on like our iPhones, I mean, they are in place to try to stop Facebook from like (laughs) extracting (laughs) as much information as possible from us. I feel like if it was up to Mark Zuckerberg, (laughs) our entire lives, every piece of private information is going to be uploaded into the cloud and he will do whatever he wants with it that's what he wants just to be up there in the cloud with all our information well i'm going to use that as an awkward transition talk about the atmospheric river that brought a series of floods to british columbia this is getting to be pretty recent news so we're into november now so first we had fires 
And now we have floods now we have in floods. BC. Yeah. I mean, we spent an entire podcast episode talking about the effects of climate change, and, and here you are. Like, this is definitely an effect of climate change. Yeah. And, and the timing, the fact that, you know, all these floods are happening right after that uh, UN climate change conference, as if to remind everyone how important it is and to emphasize how, again, toothless the decisions they actually arrived at were. Yeah. Yeah. And those are the provinces that are going to experience it the worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Given our attitudes, I would not want to live on the coast right now of any part of the world. Uh, near any body of water, <laughs> I think. <laughs> well, I kind of want to near live near some fresh water in case the uh, droughts start happening next and everybody's dying mm-hmm. of thirst. That one I, I kind of want to live near. I feel like we're situated fine. We're far enough away from the lake, <laughs> but close enough that we can drive there. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Screw everyone else, yeah. we're fine. <laughs> That's the spirit. Well, I didn't want to end my review on a on a down note, so thankfully the most recent news story that surprised me and made me quite happy was uh, that it actually became a legal ban on conversion therapy here in Canada. Finally. I was actually just lamenting this to, to my students not more than a week or two ago about how it, it boggled my mind that something as ineffective and harmful as conversion therapy was still not illegal. And then, thankfully, it was answered. Full, full, sup- yeah, full support from all parties. Yeah. Suddenly, which is very random because uh, previously <laughs> we had a certain party that wasn't fully aligned. There were 69 I... members of that party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I so, looked up all their well, information, I, and I was like, mm, you little jerk. <laughs> you opposed it initially. <laughs> now, did you just but say... Yeah, but now, now there's full support. Yeah. And I feel like when when they were asked why they are now supporting, <laughs> they didn't really have a good answer. What <laughs> <laughs> changed, guys? <laughs> exactly. Oh. Well, I... I honestly don't care what changed in their their minds or their politics. I'm just happy that it's gone. And it better stay gone for the rest of time. But it always feels like they don't really stand for principles. No. (laughs) No, no, it doesn't. (laughs) Doesn't give me a lot of confidence. But anyways. Um, The other sports news that happened just yesterday... Mm. So I'm, I'm hoping that when this podcast comes out, we don't have, like, you know, the rest of December is, you know... Uh, yeah, may, maybe fire the date to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, local news: the Western Mustangs won the oh, Vanier Cup. Right, I did read that. Oh, yay! I don't know what the Vanier Cup is, but it's, it's football. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's nationally it's, they're it's, the best. It's the Stanley Stanley Cup of. University football, I think right? That's true. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, that would make sense. Yeah. So that and that was our local news. That I was told that yesterday by my parents. Yeah, I, think I, I care about sports of some kind. I saw the story. <laughs> uh, my reaction was basically like yours, Sherry. Like, oh, that's nice. Run along now. <laughs> but I'm sure it's it's meaningful to some parties out there. So yay, good for you, Western. <laughs> yes. Only, only the football. 
yeah team. <laughs> yeah i think you have to be into football to really feel the significance like a person like me i don't even really follow the gray cup i could not name every sports team in in football in canada or the united states so mm-hmm. it, it flies past me yeah football's not really a big deal here in canada so no i have one more news story um, but we have to go back in your timeline. Oh, sure. Um, I didn't realize we were interjecting our stories in the middle there, so I didn't, uh, <laughs> I feel free to, to take us timeline. back in time, Sherry. <laughs> <laughs> this one's from February. Uh, there was a huge winter storm in Texas. It's actually not fun at all. Um, but I remember it. It really stands out in my memory. Uh, yeah. Texas was hit by like a couple winter storms right in a row. Um, and it was hugely dem- devastating to them because there was a huge power outage. Um, so there was no power, water, heat, any of that at the coldest time for yeah. Texans. Yeah. Now that you bring it up, I do remember yeah, that as well. The big, yeah, the big problem in Texas is none of their infrastructure is well winterized. Yes. So mm-hmm. when this winter weather hit, um, they f- first lost power. And then the next problem is when you lose power in Texas and you're unable unable to heat homes, your pipes will burst Mm -hmm. because they freeze and then they burst. So I have a friend that lives in Austin and yeah, his house was just flooding. (laughs) There were just flood uh, pipes were burst everywhere. Yeah, I saw videos of people's houses where it was just like water was coming out of the ceiling. The ceiling was collapsing. It was just awful. But that is not even the worst of it, because there was about 200 people who died from cold exposure. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of people say that the estimates are probably more like 700 people, because you have people with pre-existing conditions like heart heart disease and things like that, where you can't say cold was the factor, yeah. um, but they had a heart attack and therefore died from that. So, uh, you know, lots of people died. That's what we can kind of say about that. Um And like you mentioned, um, there were a lot of people pointing to the fact that, uh, you know, decades ago, the government uh, decided to privatize the uh, power industry and uh, they wanted to encourage market competition. Um, So a bunch of privatized companies provide the energy and they're not linked to the national power grid. So... Texas is almost like its own little island of power. Mm. Uh, And they've had this issue multiple times. Uh, Once, I think, in 2011, so about 10 years ago, they had this issue where the power went out because, you know, they they don't make it so that it's uh, properly winterized and and things like that. Um, And so... uh, So with these privatized companies, a lot of people are on a variable rate for... Uh, paying their bills. Um, so when there is uh, periods of more uh, power usage, that's when the usage becomes more expensive. Uh, and so some people were paying about a thousand to two thousand dollars per day for electricity, and that resulted in bills for them that were like five to ten thousand dollars for that month. Yeah. Well, that that's the thing, right? Like the demand was still high. But supply was very, very limited, so mm-hmm. prices were way out of whack. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know when the when the system broke down ten years ago, the government came up with 
you know, all a list of here's what needs to be fixed. And then it never got fixed because there's no real government oversight for this because it's privatized, which I think is a, a good um, tale for us to see mm-hmm. when it comes to our hydro and making sure that we don't become fully privatized. But that is my opinion. <laughs> I've always been against privatization of of essential services like hydro. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you're preaching to the choir right here. Yeah, yeah. So it was devastating. But even that, yeah, even that, it's got a. Um, there needs to be like redundancy and connectivity uh, across the grid because yes. I, I mean, think about when we had the massive power outage uh, in Ontario, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that, I mean uh, we our infrastructure is also still vulnerable mm-hmm. uh, if we don't have redundancies in place. Yeah. Yeah, so it was it was pretty devastating for the state of Texas and to think that, you know, in in our world we're living in I don't know what you would call a first world country or whatever um the terminology yeah. is for that. I feel like that's an outdated mm-hmm. terminology, but you know, we're living in a westernized society where we should have access to power and then, you know, it gets so cold that people are are dying and and young children were dying as well which is just even more devastating but you think about you know who gets impacted by these sorts of things and it's the people who you know can't afford to get heat or go to a hotel that has power or yeah. whatever yeah yeah but ted cruz says you can there. just go fly to you you can fly to mexico <laughs> yeah. if that happens <laughs> the uh, most interesting part of this story, which was Senator Ted Cruz, and he flew to Cancun while Texas was experiencing its its deep freeze uh, and residents were dying from the cold. Um, And so later, Ted Cruz said he just went to accompany his daughters. Uh, So he said that his home had lost power as well. Uh, So he was experiencing this as well. Um, and, And in that same message, he said, with school canceled for the week, our girls asked to take a trip with friends. Wanting to be a good dad, I flew down with them last night, and I'm flying back this afternoon. So uh, he was photographed at the airport, and there were a lot of reports that conflicted with that information, uh, as Ted Cruz was originally booked to return on Sunday uh, instead of <laughs> instead he changed his uh flight plan after there was a lot of backlash um and uh so he changed his flight plan to come back the next day um i think later he said something like you know there's nothing i can do anyways which is awful That's even worse <laughs> but uh <laughs> i think that was some of his messaging as well at some point but after a little while, as this is happening, um, some text messages surfaced. And this is my favorite part, because you know there are some neighbors who are, like, just wanting to see the downfall of the cruises. <laughs> but the text messages came out uh, saying the trip had been planned um, last minute without notice and that it was planned by his wife. So his wife was texting all of their friends and invited them to a group chat. Uh, inviting them to Cancun, saying their house was freezing in all capital letters, <laughs> and uh, inviting them to, to come with her to Cancun to get away. Let's fly to Cancun and let them eat cake. Yeah. <laughs> Where is the guillotine? We need to... 
mean to bring that out for this type of situation. And I don't mean to bring this down, but he's up for re-election next year, and I'm pretty sure he's getting back in. But this is the type of person he is. He's just yeah. such a garbage human. Just total trash. I feel like if I were a voter, that would stick with me, that type of behavior and that type of attitude. And I would want to see him <laughs> go down, even if it was yeah. against my political views. But Texans I know. are a different breed. I so. know. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. But anyways, uh, Ted Cruz was in the news recently as well. Um uh, because Jimmy Kimmel made an image of Ted Cruz and posted on Twitter. Now, Jimmy Kimmel has told everyone, please do not retweet this photo. It's, you know, it's it's a very offensive photo, so don't retweet it. Okay, so, that's good. I'm, I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like every child who was told, don't take the cookie from the cookie jar. Like, exactly. Didn't concoct plans I, in their head and yeah, attempted yeah, multiple that, times. <laughs> yeah, that's the point. Wink, wink. <laughs> don't, don't retweet this. Yeah. <laughs> I assumed that you know. was the point. <laughs> what was the picture? I yeah. haven't even seen it. Oh, it's a picture of, uh, uh, imagine Ted Cruz naked riding a hot dog. Um, <laughs> now, I don't know why, but it just, it just looks really strange and just really bad. So, but that's why Jimmy Kimmel has said, please don't retweet this, uh, uh, this photo that he has, hashtag hot dog Teddy. Um, so, yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, um, uh, do you do you have another news item, or I have one more on my side? You go. I'm good. Okay. Um, well, you know, we we've experienced the global pandemic. There's another uh, disaster that could potentially happen, which is essentially a asteroid hitting Earth. Oh, again? <laughs> Hasn't happened yet, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, <laughs> cross our fingers it doesn't happen, but uh, it could happen. Uh, but fortunately. Uh, NASA launched a spacecraft in uh, November. It's called DART. It's the it, oh. DART is uh, stands for Double Asteroid Redirection Test. Yeah. So this is a planetary defense technology that we're, uh, NASA is testing to uh, basically demonstrate that they can use a uh, spacecraft to impact a asteroid to change the orbit of that asteroid mm-hmm. so this uh, uh it was launched in november it's going to be uh, probably next year around september october before it arrives uh before it accelerates its ion propulsion engines to crash into um the asteroid so they expect to be able to then measure how much of a change they were able to make uh, mm-hmm. to the asteroid and i think it's a pretty cool <laughs> little demonstration because uh we got to be prepared for anything and uh did you guys know that nasa actually has a planetary defense coordination office yeah. there's a literal office <laughs> that focuses on detecting near-earth asteroids and preparing for a impending uh, collision with an asteroid. Is that Space Force? This is not Space Force. Oh, okay. Space Force is uh, meant to 
I don't know, protect us from Russian <laughs> satellites, I guess. <laughs> Who <Okay>. knows? Okay. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, but, um, but NASA has a division that's focused on planetary defense. So I'm not sure if they have aliens on the books, but definitely <laughs> near-Earth asteroids. I have a question for you. How effective do we think this is if you have to launch the rocket in the previous year and it mm-hmm. takes like a year to get there? Like, like, will we have enough that enough time of notice? Um, if you if the if you detect an asteroid and it's going to crash in a week, you have zero time. <laughs> There's no time. You need you need well. Uh, you, you need to know well ahead of time, like when it could potentially collide, um, because this so this spacecraft uh, will be crashing at six point six kilometers per second, so really fast, um, and it's expected to shift the orbital period of the um, uh, the uh, asteroid by about several minutes. So even this tiny push. Uh, over time, the orbit changes by several minutes. So really, when you think about um, uh, these large asteroids that might collide with Earth, if you have enough time, you just need to nudge it mm-hmm. a little, and that will completely push it out of the way. Um, so uh, the, the key things to have advanced notice. If you don't have advanced notice, there's pretty much nothing you can do. Yeah. So. This is not like the movie Armageddon where you can send, <laughs> for whatever reason, you send Bruce Willis and... And Ben uh, Affleck. Don't forget about the and Affleck. And Ben Affleck. <laughs> yeah. To, uh, to, I don't know, drop some nuclear bombs on this asteroid the size of Texas and be able to blow it up. They had to blow it in well. two so the two halves would, would miss the planet because they worked that out with, yeah. their, with their master physicists because I'm I- sure that... Yeah. I remember some diagrams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is one of those, like, the size of Texas. Like, you just have to picture Texas, like, a nuclear bomb is yeah. <laughs> not going to do much to Texas. <laughs> Anyways. So. so, you know, to me, it's good news where some people are preparing for the next major catastrophe. Yeah, I'm not- What's our... Once our once our pandemic is over, I'm sure we have to now worry about the next one. <laughs> I'm not mad that somebody is thinking about it. So mm-hmm. it, it's good. That's one of the marks of advanced society is we're able to diversify our attention. I wanted to ask you real quick, exactly. though, Kenny. Um, do you know how uh, the target asteroid, how large is, is the target asteroid that they're doing the experiment on? Is there any data on that? Yeah. So, uh, so interesting thing about this asteroid is actually a double uh, asteroid uh, target. So there's a big asteroid and then a small asteroid that orbits around the big asteroid. So what they're doing is they're going to try to push the small asteroid and measure its uh, uh, the change in orbit around the big asteroid. Hmm. So the big asteroid is uh, 780 meters across. And the small asteroid is 160 meters across, both of which are very deadly to Earth yeah. <laughs> if it crashes. They're very big. Uh, the The asteroid body is called a Didymos, so it's uh, uh, I think it was discovered uh, relatively recently, like in, with at least within the last couple decades. It, it is considered a near Earth asteroid, meaning you know it gets close to Earth 
uh, but there's no risk of it hitting us. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time when the Dart uh, probe uh, is pl- going to be colliding with the asteroid, it's actually going to be pretty close to Earth, so they'll be able to use their telescopes to actually watch it uh, crash and kind of measure um, the, uh, the change in orbit. I want to see that live feed. That sounds so exciting. That's what scientists yeah. well, like most is when things explode. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's how you get funding. Yeah. Things got to go boom. <laughs> well, that was 2021, right? <laughs> I'm ready. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for this year to be over. I'm ready to move on. Sherry, we said that last time. <laughs> I know, and and we it's never truer. <laughs> time last time was 2020 and and it was an awful year and we were ready to move on and so this year like i'm ready to move on not quite as desperately as 2020 but like i'm ready to i'm ready to go see some i think better. i'll say that every year though <laughs> see some better things uh, in 2022 what? i'm gonna predict that who knows well we read you know if you had a bingo board we already got a lot of it we got the <laughs> pandemic we got an insurrection what else could be on that list? <laughs> war. We had Afghanistan. You could call that a war. <laughs> the Taliban. Yeah. Olympics. We'll have Olympics next year again. Yeah, Yay! that's right. <laughs> Yay. A couple more and, months. <laughs> and professional hockey players are once again taking the stage. So Canada won't just be a blip on the map again. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll be dominant. Yay. In yeah. China. Is it in China? What I did do. do. Yeah, it's in China. Beijing, right? Uh, well, <laughs> go <sports>. good luck <laughs> 2022. <laughs> I believe in you, 2022. You're going to bring us good things. Yeah. yeah. Make us proud. <laughs> Make us proud. <laughs> we have so many hopes that are held up in 2022, so. Yeah. Gotta do it. <laughs> if yeah. you don't. <laughs> I'm warning you. <laughs> It'll be better. It has to be. Okay. We'll see you guys in 2022. Yay. (laughs) Cross your fingers. (laughs) Happy New Year. Oh, no. I'm worried I'm jinxing myself. (laughs) Happy New Year? Question mark. (laughs) Happy New Year. Confidence stance. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, talk to you guys later. Talk to you in the new year. Bye. Bye. Bye.